When it comes to robotics, the future is now. From vacuums to lawnmowers, home security systems, personal assistants, and even dogs, yes, dogs. So how are today's students learning about and using these rapidly changing technologies? In what ways will robotics shape our world for generations to come? We'll explore those topics and more in this episode of Educationally Speaking. Greetings and welcome to Educationally Speaking. My name is Mark Edwards, Communications Specialist with Oakland Schools and host of this award-winning podcast. In each episode, we focus on important and engaging topics related to education in Oakland County, Michigan. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you tuning in. Please follow Oakland Schools on social media and engage with us. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Make sure to tell a friend and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Let's begin. In this episode, we sit down and discuss competitive robotics with two Oakland Schools technical campus instructors, Steve Smicka from our Southeast campus in Royal Oak and Justin Howard from our Northeast campus in Pontiac. We'll also be joined by a couple of their students. I want to take a moment to say hello and thank you to everyone listening on 89.5 WAHS, 89.3 Lakes FM, and RadioCMLF.org. Remember, you can download the Educationally Speaking podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Okay, let's jump right in. I'm on location in the robotics lab at our Oakland School Southeast campus. I'm joined by Steve Smitka and his student, Isaiah Johnson, senior from Clawson High School. Thank you both for being here and taking the time. Uh, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Yep, super excited. Let me begin by stating that I'm familiar with competitive robotics, but I'm definitely not the expert. I learned a lot while preparing for this episode, but with that said, I look forward to our listeners and myself gaining more insight and knowledge regarding the whole world of competitive robotics during this episode. So again, I thank you guys. We look forward to talking about it. Tell us about the makeup of your team, Steve. Let's start there. Uh, yeah, well, uh, here at Southeast, we are uh, first robotics competition. We compete in the first robotics competition, uh, also known as FRC, and uh, our team number is seven seven six nine, and we go by the crew. The um, crew. We are the fourth. We are in our fourth year uh, of existence, but uh, it's our third year technically competing. Twenty twenty, our season was cut short. Uh, we all know that because of COVID. We actually got to compete. We were one of the few teams that got to compete uh, the week before everything shut down. So uh, it was Wonderful. it was a uh, successful uh, tournament for us in that. But uh, you know, ever since then, uh, this season 2022 is our first real season. You know, back in a full season type uh, atmosphere. As for myself, I started teaching here uh, in 2018-19 school year. In that that year, I came in and we I wanted to ask you know. Do we have a first team? And they said no. So I said, let's let's start. Let's start there. Something. Yep, we wanted one in here. Um, that's something that I was very passionate about in my old school district, and I wanted to make sure that we the kids at Southeast had the same opportunity. Um, so starting up that team, uh, we had a great sponsor on board already before I went into you know uh, with the asking Oakland schools if we could start it, uh, and Plastic Omnium stepped in, and they were our flagship sponsor to help kickstart our team. Uh, help us buy tools, toolboxes, all the travel needs we would need, um, and that was a huge advantage. Very nice. Um, we appreciate them and their support to, to provide this for the, these students and your kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in our in, during that time, our rookie season, we only had like 11, 12 students, uh, but now in 2020 and then this season, 2022, we average about 20 students. 
which is great for the size of our school. Um, you know, 20 students is actually like the ideal size. You Sounds know, like to make sure numbers. everyone, yeah, everyone has a has an opportunity to be a part of it. So you brought some experience from your previous district over here, and this yeah. is a passion of yours. Yeah, it's a huge passion. Um, I kind of laugh. It's 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 almost like in professional sports. When I moved from my old school district to here, um, I had a good good portion of the of the guys that I've been working with for 10 plus years say, "I'm going to wherever you're going because they understand." Uh, you know the leadership behind it and they understand the ideology of like how I run the team and and they all believe in the same system and what we had running for those past years it, it worked um, so we were fortunate to bring that same culture the same uh, you know how these kids learn how we teach them you know rookie season we were a rookie team but there was lots of years in in the mentor side of like you know, how do we coach these kids? How do we build their skills? And how do we, you know, maximize their potential? Because their potential is huge. I love what you're saying there. Culture, leadership, mentorship. Isaiah, let's jump over to you. Mm -hmm. What is it like working underneath the mentorship um, and the leadership? It's great. Mr. Smith? It's a great time. It feels very relaxed and very natural to be a part of this team and to be building with these mentors um, and with my other classmates. It's a very, like, um, very nice environment to work in. That's hard to beat, you know, when you work in an environment that's competitive, but also uh, it, it has that culture, it has everybody's eyes are on the same prize, mm -hmm. if you will, so we're all trying to meet that same goal, right? Mm -hmm. Very good, very good. Um, so describe to our listeners who may not really be familiar with competitive robotics, what is it all about? What are the objectives? What are the rules? What are the games? Walk us through some of that. Well, uh, each season uh, in, in first is... Uh, each season's different, and yeah, we are given a unique challenge every January. Uh, kickoff is usually the first full weekend in January, uh, and in that kickoff day, so to say, um, all teams are released a you know 150-page rule book. You get to see a, a game animation that kind of walks you through of like, hey, this is how you play the game, or not, this is how you play the game. This is how the game is played. I should say that. Now, after you understand how the game is played. We look at strategy. How do we play this game? What what is the best way that we can you know potentially score all these points, right? And and each year it's different. We've shot frisbees. We've shot yoga balls. We've hung different tubes that were like a triangle, circle, square. We've we've shot basketballs. This year we're shooting a nineteen or a nine inch uh, tennis ball. It's a fuzzy tennis ball, but it's nine inches. Uh, and and that ball is being shot into uh, the best way I can describe it is like a playground uh, funnel game where there's mm -hmm. like uh, it's a funnel with four different areas that the balls can come out of. Um, so we're shooting those balls into this goal, and they're constantly being recycled back into gameplay, uh, which is pretty fun. So on campus here for four years, previous experience of that, so about 10 years total experience for you. Have you ever seen the game the same, or does it just play off of it? Is it di how do they, they it's um, differ every, it differs every year? Yeah, I mean, they're drastically different, but uh, there are similar uh, I would say similar uh, components. Uh, first, always like you know, shooting game pieces is kind of fun, right? Uh, but like how you shoot them. So like this year, it's a big funnel. It's su everything's super bouncy. Um, whereas other years, there was like small windows you would have to shoot like a foam ball into. Uh, like in 2020, there was a, uh, like a, a three foot hexagon that you had to shoot into. Um, but like in the end games, that's a big thing. Like every season in the last 30 seconds, there is an opportunity for you to do like a bonus game. And then this year we have to climb, or they call it traverse. Uh, we'll call them robot monkey bars. So we start from like four feet off the ground 
and you have to traverse your robot all the way up to almost eight feet off the ground. I think I saw some video of that online. It's pretty interesting to see. Yeah, and like seeing how robots, you know, everyone's designed and, and everyone's doing the same thing, but everyone's design's different is like mm. the coolest thing. <laughs> Isaiah, what do you love about this year's game and what is your role exactly? Um, my role, um, I was the technician on the team um, as well as a member of the design crew for the shooting mechanism as well as the collecting mechanism. Um, and I love the opportunity to have, to be able to like see um, our designs come to life and be able to accomplish the goals we set out for at the beginning of the year. Um, to see all of that come together is my favorite part of not only ro robotics, this specific robotics, but also just engineering in general. Um, what really draws me to it. So ideas and concepts into action. Mm -hmm. Very nice, very nice. Sounds, sounds exciting, sounds very hands-on, um, sounds very team-oriented. Mm. What does a typical robotic season entail? How many competitions? How long does it last? Some of the preparation? How does it culminate at the end? Yeah, so I mean, the season's pretty long, actually. Uh, uh, in, we, we start recruiting in uh, the late fall, early winter, like November, December. Um, and we're going to be a little more proactive going next year. You know, coming back from COVID, getting the kids back in the classroom full time was like prior priority number one. And then we actually participated in OCRA, which is uh, Oakland County Competitive Robotics Association, which is uh, one of Oakland schools foundations like program. Um, and we had a great number of kids that were like super involved and, and we had great success in that. Um, so like we had this like body of kids that were like, yes, I love this. Then I was like, well, hey, you, you guys should join the first team. And then we opened it up to the rest of the campus um, and so we did recruitment um, in, in the late fall, um, but then our season officially started in early January and it, I guess, technically just ended this past weekend uh, with us participating at the Michigan State Championship. So we, we're running from early January all the way to uh, mid to late April. So Let's jump to those championships. We just came out of the weekend here. So how did the team do this past weekend? Where was it hosted? Walk us through the environment. How many teams? All of that. Yeah, uh, so uh, the Michigan State Championship uh, is last uh, four or five years has been at Saginaw Valley State University. Um, uh, in Michigan, there's 458 teams. Uh, you get state ranking points based off of your performance and based off of, uh, in your two district events. So every team throughout the state plays two events. Uh, based off how well you do there, you get ranked one through 458. Uh, and then the top 160 teams get to move on to the state championship. Uh, at the state championship, there's four separate tournaments running at the same time. So 40 teams per division, and they're playing out like a regular district tournament. So we're playing 12 matches, and then you're doing a playoff, and then you're going to have a field champion. Um, so, and then those champions then go into a, you know, final finals, and then you have uh, a one alliance of three teams that become the Michigan State champion. Isaiah, what was the experience like for you participating um, in the states? Um, it was a lot bigger than I was expecting when I first went in. Uh, there, it was very high energy, um, also, but very kind. Everyone, even though it was a competitive venue, everyone was looking out for each other, helping each other. Um, it wasn't as kind of cutthroat as you would think something like that would be. Seems um, like an environment of peace, right? Yeah. We all want to win, but we all love what we're doing. Yes. So it's kind of this joint thing where we're just everyone doing it together. Everyone loves being there and wants to make sure that everyone else also has the best experience of being there. 
How do you connect with the other kids from the other schools outside of the robotics competition while you're there? Um, you'll get an opportunity just to talk with them. They'll, they'll come by your pits and um, you get the opportunity just to speak on whether it be on your robot or other things. They're just there to enjoy the environment just as you are and to enjoy robotics and enjoy everything that FIRST has to offer. That is so cool. Steve, at the beginning of April we celebrated Robotics Week. What are your thoughts on that? Why is that such an important initiative and what makes it what makes robotics such a valuable outlet for students like Isaiah and his peers? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, National Robotics Week is, is pretty awesome in the sense of just, you know, any way we can introduce math and science and engineering and, and, and troubleshooting and teamwork, problem solving, all those things that we, you know, we want in a student at like a young age, right? Rather, and and kind of doing a gamification of it, of like the robot is this cool thing that we see on a table, or in our case, it's a 150 pound machine, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this excitement of like, I can write some basic lines of code, maybe draw a box, or make it move backwards or forwards, but then that little spark in the interest like can really change a kid's attitude, whether it be first grade or 11th grade, um, it, it adds excitement to these kids. And I, you know, a lot of these kids like Isaiah, Isaiah's a second year, um, you know, they came in last year, we were part-time, you know, two days a week in the lab, three days uh, virtual. Um, and just I, those two days a week, I really concentrate on like, let's have fun. Let's, we do curriculum while we're virtual. When you're in the lab, we're using the lab, we're doing things that are gonna make you excited and, and move forward. Um, and you know, National Robotics Week does that exactly at all levels. You know, exposing kids to it, sparking the, it's, it's more or less sparking the interest of like this could be a career and this is something that I enjoy. I think you nailed it. Um, fun. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> we have to incorporate fun into learning, into the curriculum. And I think we've heard some of the terms of like edutainment. We're, mm -hmm. we're educating, but we're also entertaining. And, oh, yeah. and that's going to engage these students and make them want to come to your mm -hmm. lab and come work with you. Talk about, uh, Isaiah, about just being on a college campus. What's that like and, and getting that uh, exposure to college world, college life? Um, it's very interesting is the best way I can think to put it. Um, it's not something that uh, I kind of had ever done before because I, I had never done any tours. I had already kind of planned out where I wanted to go and what I was going to do in my future. And let me stop you right there and Steve will tell you, your plan and your map is going to change a hundred times. I hope you know that. It's not a straight line to success. It's a squiggly little line. So just know um, that. But, but being there for the first time, it was definitely an experience. Being able to walk around that campus and see everything that it had to offer. Um, I don't think it changed any of my plans, but it's definitely something that I have, I'm now keeping in mind for future additions to those plans. Eye-opening, right? Good stuff, good stuff. Steve, how does robotics prepare students for career readiness? Oh, I mean, uh, I mean FIRST has a great saying that like being uh, students that participate in FRC uh, that outlet or that program is probably the closest thing they can get to in a real-world engineering project. Um, my students are working side-by-side -side with engineers. Um, they're not working under engineers. That's one big thing that I really push in the culture of our team is that, you know, our mentors come in and we work after school, right? They come in after their work day, they're working with the students, and they're all one, right? And like, uh, you know, I, this is my, uh, I guess you would say, like, uh, how I like to try to run the team of like, yeah, Mr. Smitka, but our mentors is Lathe, 
it's Cal, it's JT, it's, it's guys that you are working with just like if you were in the business, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have this professional because I'm the teacher, but all the metrics that come in, they're first name basis because we're all, you know, counterparts. You know, it's, we're like a business. So working side by side with these guys um, and, you know, and having these students work in subgroups. Isaiah was talking about, you know, he was a part of the collect and shooting subgroups, right? But we also have our chassis and drivetrain. We had electrical. We had programming. We had uh, scouting app development. We had our business team. There's so many subgroups inside of our team that each kid is accountable for that. And there's mentors that oversee them or work with them. Um, but it's just like a small company, you know. So these kids are getting like, this is how, you know, the robot is our project. It's our product. But how we run everything is just like if, you know, we're the Ford Motor Company and this is the new, you know, EV that's being launched. That's know? right. Each one's being heldable or held responsible for their, their, their programs. And I was going to say, these are young adults, essentially. They're getting ready to walk and, and go into the workforce, potentially. Oh, yeah. And they're getting industry experience right now, hands-on. Yeah. And we're, you know, we, we, we talk about MTA, Michigan Talent Architecture, with our students in, you know, these soft skills that a lot of employees are saying that, you know, students are lacking. And I think being a part of a first team where they're, you know, they're learning to email or, or message back with mentors while they're at the, you know, while they're at work and our students are in the lab, if, you know, if Isaiah's all done with work, he can be working on the robot. Mm -hmm. And if he has a question, I say, hey, no, just, you know, you know, message Cal, see what's the best bet. And he, it's his responsibility to write him a, a, you know, it could be a text, an email, whatever, or, you know, collaborative, collaboratively working on the CAD model at the same time. So these are soft skills that kids are learning through this project that are going to, you know, be perfect for when he goes into to be an employee at a company. And I can definitely tell that he's developing those skills because we've never met before. And he came mm -hmm. in the room, he looked me in my eye, shook my hand. So that's a great start. It <laughs> yeah, really is. Yeah. It truly is. Isaiah, how did you become involved in robotics? And you mentioned your plans. What are your plans after high school? What are you going to do? What do you um, want to do? I became involved in robotics. Uh, I, I've always had an interest um, in robotics to some degree, but I never really joined a robotics team uh, until, I, until I was here, actually, um, because it was offered and put out to me as something that I would be interested in um, because of uh, okra and how much I enjoyed that. So SMICA offered it as this might be something that you're also interested in. So I joined it through there and I loved it. I can tell you're passionate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as far as my plans in the future, I'm going through a program called Matt Squared, um, which is it's kind of like a, an apprenticeship program where you, are, you go through a company and a company pays for you to get your an associate's degree. That associate's degree takes one year longer um, but that entire time, you're also getting on-the-job experience and going out into the workforce for a company and getting all that experience and that pay of being fully a full-time employee. I like how you put that emphasis on pay because we do. we got to pay the bills, yeah. right? All right. That's and, good and stuff. And to go back to the Matt Square that, that Isaiah's working with, um, he got, he got a, you know, this is all on him. He had to go out, mm -hmm. go uh, apply, go to interviews. One of our uh, advisory members, Chris Hunt, who works for Broza, uh, he, was, he was in charge of, you know, interviewing these students for, for the Mass Square program. And, and Chris texts me, he's like, uh, how many Isaiahs do you have? I want more. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and he did all the work himself, and, and, and Chris 
who is also one of our, he's our vice chair of our advisory for, for Oakland schools for the engineering program. It's kids like Isaiah that are really driving our program and, and hopefully setting the standard or the benchmark that we want students to follow so that we can understand or, or companies can understand like this is the product, so to say, of you know a kid that's okay, the curriculum that he's gone through in the classroom, the extracurriculars that he's gone through with things like Oak Run First, and now here's the final product. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I mean, I know Isaiah is a, is a student, but I, I guarantee any company that would take him would be very happy with well, the result and, and the type of kid he is. Most definitely. Or so I should say young man. He is, he's a young man. <laughs> so students like Isaiah, they're helping build a reputation of the program which helps with industry partnerships, which helps with sponsorships as well for your program. Yeah, mm -hmm. I actually, we've got a verbal commitment through Broza, which is a company that Isaiah's working through, through Matt Squared, uh, that uh, as a part of his apprenticeship, that he's gonna come back next year and be a mentor. And then with that, Broza is also gonna help sponsor our team for the 2023 season, which is pretty awesome. That's excellent, congratulations on all of that. Um, so I look forward to coming back and following the team next year, and if you're listening, Make sure you check out the robotics team uh, here at Oakland uh, OSTC Southeast. Real quick, um, Steve, how can people follow the team? YouTube, social media, website, how, how are we getting yeah, the word out? We've been working on that. It's, it's been a, a little, uh, not to say a challenge, but we do have a Facebook-like uh, page. Uh, if you were to search FRC7769, uh, you, you can check us out. We post pictures from the tournaments on there. Um, that's something that we're working on as a, as a part of our business team to kind of grow, uh, as well as uh, our, some of our programming mentors, or not mentors, students have been developing a, a team website. So we are uh, working on that, hoping to launch that soon. Um, but once again, it's you know, student-driven, student-ran, so we want to try to get those things uh, up and running as soon as we can. I do want to swing back to you, Isaiah. Mm -hmm. What skills will you take away long-term from participating long in robotics? Long-term, down the road, five, ten years, what's going to stick with you? Um, past just the mechanical skills that you would be uh, available for building and such, um, I've gained a lot of speaking skills. Um, I have had to do uh, a lot of speeches for things like chairmans um, in front of judges and given kind of sell our team to them. And that has given me a lot of opportunity to be learning to practice those speeches and write out what I'm going to need to know for them, which is something that I had never done before. Even for school projects, I usually was always in the mindset of, I'll wing it and figure out as I go. But this being something a lot more important, this was something I had to practice at. And that practice part of it, I had never had the skills um, and that, the note-taking ability before. But this is something I've gained through first that you wouldn't really, I never really expected to be something that I would gain. Well, when you get the interest and you have a love for what you're doing, I think that's gonna build that buy-in. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what you're experiencing right now. And I'm going to tell you this, and you'll probably hear it again, if you love what you do, it will not be work. You'll mm -hmm. never work a day in your life if you love what you do. So continue to go with your passions, follow your heart. I appreciate you coming on today, Isaiah. It gives a good student voice. One word that describes competitive robotics to you, Isaiah. Um, cooperative. Love it. Steve, let's jump back to you. Uh, final thoughts, what you want to let the audience know that yeah. I may not have touched on. Oh, no, it's, I just wanted to, real quick, um, you know, first is something that's, you know, very special to us at, at, at Southeast, and, and our team couldn't run without the sponsors that we have. And, uh, you know, Plastic Omnium has been with us since we started in, in 2019, um, but I'd also like to thank um, 
uh, Plastic Omnium, NASA, Ford, Beningo Embedded, HeroTech America, Fori Automation, Fire Defense, uh, Hallmark, Tool Engage, Push Corp, Kawasaki Robotics, uh, the Royal Oak Optimus Club, and Mulligan Heating and Cooling. Uh, without you guys, uh, our success, you're, or you should, I should say, you guys allow us to have the success because of uh, the support that we get from you guys. Yeah, no shameless plugs there. We appreciate all <laughs> yeah, of those huge. partnerships. They are huge. And we hope that you come back and not only sponsor our programs here, but also bring in these students as interns, bring them in as apprentices, and employ them into the mm -hmm. future. Yes. I'm so glad to be with you guys here today. Again, we're at Oakland School Southeast Campus. I'm talking with Mr. Steve Smicka and Isaiah Johnson, senior from Clawson High School. And we're wrapping up. I just want one word from you, Mr. Smitka. Describe competitive robotics. What is it to you? It's inspiring. It's very it's, much so. Yep. And you're both inspiring, and we appreciate you for being on Educationally Speaking for this robotics, competitive robotics Thank episode. you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'll be joined by robotics instructor Justin Howard and one of his students from our OSTC Northeast campus. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Do you have a show idea, question, or comment, or want to get recognized as a listener of the month? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at educationallyspeaking at oakland.k12.mi.us. That's educationallyspeaking at oakland.k12.mi.us. Are you a parent looking for a summer experience for your 9th or 10th grade student? If so, visit ostconline.com and pick your campus and simply select student summer experiences. Again, for 9th and 10th grade students for this summer. All right, we are back. In the second segment, we are on location we're actually in the bistro of Oakland School's Northeast Campus here in Pontiac. And the reason why is because our robotics mentor, Mr. Justin Howard, is a man of many talents. He also is a culinary instructor here. So we may, Justin, have to come back and do a culinary segment. Would that be cool? Oh, sounds good. Absolutely. Awesome. And we're also with his student, Gabe Hornbuckle. Thank you for joining us. Gabe yeah, is a machining student and he's a junior. Yeah. Awesome. So you have one more to go with this robotics next year. Yeah. Yes, I do. It's probably nice for you to have some uh, talented students coming back into experience the program. Experience is key. Experience is key. Definitely with anything we do. So I do want to just thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. I know both of you are super busy to join the podcast. Can you begin by telling us a little bit about the team out of OSTC Northeast and just give us a rundown, give our audience a, a viewpoint, a view of like what's going on over here? So we started in 1996. Team number is one, which we... Uh, hold with pride and um, the student number we had this year was a, a small number this year. We actually had eight students this year, so okay. it, was a, it was tough. So manageable, tough, and I assume the pandemic may have played into that a little bit. Yes, that and our home districts all have robotics teams as well. Okay. So sometimes it's hard for us to recruit due to the fact that they're already at their home school. Uh, Pontiac, Rochester, all three Rochesters have a team. Oxford has a team. Avondale has a team and Lake Orion. So all of our sending districts have teams. So it makes it kind of difficult for us to recruit. And then we get a gym like our student Gabe out of machining that you'll get some more information about later. So Absolutely. And Gabe, we need you to help with that recruiting process here right at OSCC Northeast so we can get those numbers up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the secret sauce when it comes to sustaining 26 years of a robotics program? That's a huge success. Um, it is challenging because each year you get a different uh, ingredient, as they say, um, making sure the 
the wife at home says it's okay is very important as well. But um, just trying to make, you know, encourage the students to see that this competition is real world experience, as well as it gives them an opportunity to showcase the skills that they're learning, for example, in a, a machining class as well. So that helps. Um, and just, just probably been a little, uh, I don't want to use the term crazy, but it takes a lot of time. I mean, it's, it is a year round program, but I think having great uh, support, I mean, there's mentors from Molex, one of our sponsors, mentors from FCA, which is our sponsor, Aerotech as well provides, and a former student by the name of Alex Meyer went away to Kettering University, and he's been a mentor for about seven years now, uh, giving back after he graduates, and he's up in Clio, so he drives an hour and a half to help us with programming. What a huge commitment, and you said you gotta keep the house happy keep in the order house to happy. come back here and pour in this time with these <laughs> students, so Absolutely. we appreciate that commitment. But you have a special story. Take us back 26 years. Where were you 26 years ago? So it's funny, I, um, I was a student here. I was in the computer repair and robotics class. Uh, Mr. Rice was the teacher. He started the, pro, uh, the team in 96, and he brought me aboard um, to kind of help not only with the robot side, but also the PR side, because the year before, I was in desktop publishing. So I had to learn the Adobe products wow. as well. So, um, and ever since then, and the following year, I came on as a sub, um, and then I, I was a mentor, and it stuck. So I've been here ever since, changing jobs in-house, and I've been blessed to uh, continue to be here 25 years later. Well, we, we love your passion, we love your commitment, and we're lucky to have you here at OSTC. Appreciate Northeast. that. Gabe, talk to me real quick just about, this is your first year in robotics? Uh, yes. What has it been like? Talk, walk us through that. Uh, it's been been eye-opening, I would say. There's there's a lot more going into it than I thought. I, I was not expecting the experience I would get coming out of it. Um, all the all the trips, all the competitions, how much time it took, and and really how how much of a team-focused sport it was. That's that's really what surprised me too. I wasn't expecting how much you'd have to know your teammates and know how they operate and how to operate around that and together to, for success. Great skill sets there, collaboration. What is your role on the team, your main role? I'm sure you wear many hats as well, but what is, what's your focus and what's your passion with robotics? Um, when we're not in competitions, I do the fabricating, so I help with uh, whatever prints, whatever little pieces they need to make on the side. That's that's my job. I work in a machine shop and kind of make those. Some nice details for the yeah. robots, right? And so being a machining student here at OSTC Northeast, you have those skills to bring right into the robotics program. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Can we talk about the components of the, robotic, the robots that your team is building? What, what's the engineering behind it? What's the makeup of it all? So uh, I'm going to let Gabe talk about the machining, but we followed a process where nothing was made without a blueprint. So we had to make a drawing. We used SolidWorks. Um, and also our mentor used um, uh, Unigraphics. So he would provide blueprints, and we would literally take them to the machine shop, drop them off, and Gabe would be right in there. And a day or two later, those parts were done just like industry. So um, some of the things that were made, we had to have a chassis, which was run by four motor, it was a four motor drive, tank drive, which is, I'm sorry, arcade drive, which one was throttle, one was, um, which are joysticks, one was throttle, one was steer. Um, we also had an upper structure, which needed to traverse to different bars, which was a very, very unique feature that we did this year, as well as we had to project um, 
a ball out the robot to score in another scoring structure. So we had to build all of those subsystems, as we call them, and um, that's pretty much uh, the components that we had, along with electrical and programming. So I've seen some pictures, I've seen some videos in, in, in our pre-production meeting before this, Gabe. You talked about the energy at these competitions. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so it was crazy. I mean, there's kind of there's like at least a hundred, if not more, people in the stands every competition. Um, it's always loud. There's music going, voices screaming, cheering. And there's a lot going on. I I play basketball on the side, so I kind of compared it to how state seems, and the excitement of that, and and I thought it fit it perfectly. Like every competition, it wasn't even it was like districts and and states. They both had the same level. Of course, there's more people at states, but it was the enthusiasm and excitement for this event was crazy and your team probably feeds off of that yeah that's good stuff i love it competitive robotics has definitely evolved over the years as you know mr howard definitely can you explain how it has grown um, share any major changes are there any major changes that it goes from year to year um, in my research i found that defense seems to be trending a little bit across the sport can you shed some light on that? So, you know, each year is different. I mean, some years it's a defensive battle, and some years you can't play defense because it's impossible and it's a waste of your time. This year, the defensive component played a little bit of a role, but if you were high offense, offense for some reason always wins. So um, offense came um, out the blue. But I think as you look at how it evolved, um, in 2000, taking you back here again, in 2000, the Oakland County Competitive Robotics Association, or OCRA, was started, and that was a, a weekly competition where it led up to a um, county championship, which we, Oakland schools, still do. 2007, I may be wrong, I gotta check my dates, first in Michigan started, and that format was already kinda kind of in place where okra provided a great example so the end result is as it evolved you had this local okra competition and then you moved into a district format with first in michigan so now you got your district your district and then you qualify for state and then of course you qualify for national so it's evolved not only in the structure giving more people a chance to uh compete or actually see the competition to a bigger picture where you know there's teams now in Oakland County that are in Houston this week because they competed on, uh, they uh, qualify for nationals or worlds as they say. Worlds, got it. So it's no secret that, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, the past couple of years have been quite challenging. How did you adapt to where the world was at and keeping students involved, continuing the program going, trying to keep them engaged and keeping the the program vibrant during the pandemic? I would say um, it was a struggle. I mean, as an educator, this, this last two years has been a struggle, especially when you have a additional component like a robotics team that you're trying to continue to grow as well. And it's hands-on. And, and it's hands-on. So we did a lot of Zoom. Um, we had a, um, a project a couple, about a year ago, where we would give students um, kits and they had to build in subgroups where it ended the end result was at one student's house they had to put everything together so that was a fun challenge where um, we at least kept the the team uh, engaged last year this year turned into a challenge because it was it's been two years since we actually competed so trying to have numbers to build a robot number one 
and then just trying to get back into the flow of everything, which was amazing because sometimes you got to take time off to realize what improvements you need to do. And I would say that this year has probably been one of our better years in, I would say, seven, because seven years ago was the last time we made it to the state competition. Nice. So taking that time off helped, and I think we grew this year as well. You got to take a step back, look at what, what we're doing here Absolutely. and revise Absolutely. our plan. How many students would be ideal for your team? So we like the number from eight, uh, 10 to 16. Um, that gives them one of our arguments with some of the home districts is some of the home districts have 100 kids on their team and 100 kids don't touch the robot. Certainly. So too many, with, too many uh, yeah, chefs I mean, in the kitchen. Too many chefs in the kitchen. So the good thing about it is we market yeah. the fact that you can join our team because you're an Oakland County student but we'll make sure that you get hands-on. If you're gonna leave your home school to come join our team, we wanna make sure you're benefiting from it. So um, that's one of the things that we try and share with the, the students that come to our team and say, hey, you get to learn some machining, you get to, you, you get to learn some welding, and of course we're gonna teach you design and you get to build a robot. So that's, that's our argument. Message. Yeah, get them off the bench, get them in the game. Get them off the bench, yeah. come join the team. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Hopefully those numbers will become more healthy and I think you know, you're doing such a great job here that we're going to bounce back here and, and get that program, get, get it back on track, right? And Absolutely. Stay on track. So we know that robotics is multidisciplinary. Uh, there's science, there's engineering, there's technology, design, as you kind of already mentioned, construction and operation. Why is that important for those who are interested in participating? And Gabe, you might want to talk a little bit about that. So Gabe, you go right ahead, because I uh, mean, this is definitely up your alley here. Yeah. So. I'd say this stuff's important because, I mean, just looking at the future, I, I know when I joined robotics, I was looking towards, like, how would this help prepare me for the future? I, I talked to my uh, machining teacher about it, and he said it's kind of like industry work where you get a print down the line, you're like, you're in a time restriction, you need to get this done. It's like, that's that's kind of appealing to me. I, I want to know what industry is like instead of just, like, going through the, uh, the class at my own pace. Um, you like the pressure a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and having having to use my skills or like test my skills in a real manner where, where a team is relying on me to do my job. And that lets you know things to work on yeah. and strengths and weaknesses, right? What you like, what you don't like. That way you don't waste a lot of time as you do go and navigate through the yeah. future, right? So robotics overall is a growing sport. How did you first learn about it, Gabe? Uh, I learned about it through Mr. Howard and Mr. Landry. They had a meeting before the season start. They invited uh, tons of kids from this camp, this campus, to uh, attend the meeting. And I decided to attend with some of my classmates. And as they were talking through it, I was like, "This, this sounds like fun. I, I want to, I want to try it out." So I ended up talking with Mr. Howard after the meeting, and then, like I said, I talked to my teacher. Uh, and I felt like it was the right decision for me, and I decided to jump in. What would you say to a student that is interested but has not jumped in yet? That, that's a great experience. You learn uh, how to work in a team. You learn, you, you sharpen your skills, whatever it is, whether it's programming, uh, machining, welding, I mean, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, and it, it gives you great preparation for the next step, I, I think, and also the um, possibility of scholarships through the through first absolutely is is a big one for me so it's cross-curricular you're learning about all of your you know math science even you know you have to write code correct yeah I mean there's just so many pieces to it so 
Um, if you're a student out there and you're listening and you're thinking about jumping into robotics, now is the time, especially here at OSTC Northeast. So we know that the final competition has come to a close here this season. Um, what will you remember from participating in the competition this year, Gabe? The, the excitement around it, the, the, uh, the pressure tight situation that builds excitement and then, then the fun that results from that. I'd, I'd say that's it's like a multi-component thing, but the, the excitement and the pressure, then the, the fun that comes through all of it. And at the end, being able to see uh, your robot perform. And I assume too, friendships have been developed yeah. and relationships yes, sure. have been made. So now that we know the final competition has come to a close, what's next on your plate as we look into next year? What, what, what are the roles and responsibilities now? So it's funny, uh, next week we have our meet and greet with the teacher uh, on Thursday in the, uh, for the entire building. And we will be um, revealing our uh, meet and greet for our robotics team, which will happen at the end of May. So what is my next focus right now? One, we'll close out the season. We'll have an end of the year uh, banquet of some sort. So we, we thank the students for doing that. But we're already thinking about the following year because, you know, if the students, we want to share this experience with as many as possible, but we have to get the word out. So we will be posting very soon our meet and greet, which will be the end of May and we'll invite as many students as we can to share that information, as well as we'll be doing some off-season stuff so that they're interested and, the, and they can see the opportunities they have. You know, it, as well as Gabe mentioned earlier, um, you know, there's a lot of scholarship opportunities. Um, you know, when we were at State, they kept mentioning and mentioning and mentioning that this is the only sport that's out there that everyone can go pro. So. You know, there's internships that we're working on right now as well for some of our students. So the big picture this summer is working on recruitment as well as intern oppor internship opportunities for our first robotic students as well. Very good. So how can prospective students, we mentioned that you have that meet and greet coming up. How can parents, mentors, supporters, or anyone that wants to get involved with your program here follow the team? Is there a website? Is there social media? YouTube channel, email, what's the best mode of communication to get involved and get into this program? Here? So the best way is I'm going to send you to our website. It is www.juggernauts, that is J-U-G-G-E-R-N-A-U-T-S, team, T-E-A-M, one.com. So juggernautsteam1.com. And you can reach me by email as well, Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, dot Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D, at sign, Oakland, dot K-12, dot M-I, dot U-S. And if you need more information about that, we can get it to you. And, you know, for the parents that are out there, the students that are out there, if you're sitting at home and you like playing video games, if you're sitting at home and you like taking things apart, we have plenty of opportunities for you to take apart, disassemble. And I'm going to ask Gabe real quick, one quick question. What happened when we were in the at state and the intake broke and we had to bring it back to the pit? Oh, that was we had to take everything off. <laughs> that was an adventure. And how much time did you have to do that? Oh, about a half hour. Yeah, I think. Half we had 30 hour, minutes probably. before our first match. So, yeah, that was an adventure. That's a pressure cooker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and did we rise to the occasion? And we oh, were, we got yeah. it done. We were ready yes. to go. Excellent. Love and it was funny. Job. Gabe got a chance. And for those that are, you know, the leadership roles that this this uh this um project or this competition gives you 
Gabe, first year student, indirectly got put in charge of the pit. So he was in charge of batteries. He was in charge of repairs. He was in charge of getting the robot ready to go before each match. And usually a first year student doesn't have that power. Gabe did such a good job this year. Hey, we had no choice. And he, he, he filled that role great. So. Rose to the occasion, great Definitely. job. Definitely yeah. some leadership opportunities available. If you're a student out there listening, please follow, jump, in, jump on the website. There's scholarship money available. We don't want that to go to waste. We want you in this program and we want you taking advantage of those dollars that are available. One final thought from each of you, and then I'll go to you for a final thought if you have one, but one word that describes competitive robotic, robotics. I, team focused, I'd say, is a good one. Team, I love it. What do you got? Fun. Fun. <laughs> that's what we need. We want you to have fun. I want to thank you gentlemen so much for taking time out of your schedule today. It's, uh, again, we're here at OSTC Northeast in Pontiac. I'm with Mr. Justin Howard. He, again, robotics mentor, culinary arts instructor. Jump on the website, check out his program. And Gabe Hornbuck, I want to thank you so much for taking your time. Thank you for having time. me. Uh, best of luck in your future. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'd like to once again thank Steve Smicka from our Southeast Campus in Royal Oak and Justin Howard from our Northeast Campus in Pontiac, as well as their students, Gabe Hornbuckle and Isaiah Johnson, for taking the time to join our show today. I wish them all the best in their robotics endeavors. This podcast was brought to you by Oakland Schools Intermediate School Districts Communication Services and is produced by Media Production and Distance Learning Manager Mark Hansen. Oakland Schools is a regional service agency in Oakland County, Michigan that offers support services to school personnel which are better delivered regionally and provide cost, size, and quality advantages to those we serve. You can find all episodes of Educationally Speaking on our Oakland Schools website at oakland.k12.mi.us and Anchor FM or wherever you listen to your podcast. We hope you continue to tune in as we discuss topics that affect every student every day.